0: There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather it's positive. Is caught, drinks, sideline, or negative. The Yankees have swept the twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota Sports all year long. Ah! It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning if only in his
1: own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Well, well, well. Edition number 199 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat, award-winning if only in my own mind, presented by Beans Coffee Company. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com. That sports chat at coffeebybeans.com to save some cash on some absolutely delicious coffee. Cheers to you as we record this pod. Well, cheers to Daniel House as well, because as we record this pod, I am sitting here sipping on some lovely beans coffee. I think House has some coffee fired up, too, out of a lovely snowman mug. How you doing, my guy?
0: Doing lovely. Uh, yeah, just coming off uh, National Society Day. Uh, transfer portal mania continues uh, life's going good man
1: i'm also working at home the uh, holiday theme mugs i got a snowman i got a santa bear i got snowflakes i got a presents cup truly is the most wonderful time of the year this will be the last pod before christmas and the quick lane bowl so daniel house at daniel house mn on the x machine joining we'll talk some quick lane bowl We'll talk Gophers recruiting, but first and foremost, thank you for joining me and my guests all year long here in 2023. I hope you have a happy and wonderful holiday season. Please make sure as you gather with your family and friends, please tell them about Minnesota Sports Chat. Find us on YouTube, can also find me on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, maybe just share a link or show it to your friends and family as you see them over the next 10 days or so. Daniel, I can make you one promise on today's podcast, okay? One promise. It's all I can do for you. One promise. One promise. promise. Here it is. Don't worry, Daniel. I'm keeping the under. (laughs) Don't worry, Daniel. I'm keeping the under. Walk us through this. Aside from the recruits that PJ read page by page, I believe there was 25 of them. The other person mentioned in PJ's presser on the recruiting trail yesterday was you. You were basically center stage of the recruiting press conference that PJ Fleck well, had. Uh, here's the deal. Where did this come from? I don't
0: know how from? he knew that. I don't know how he knew that, that I was doing the over under. I guess we've always done that as a media group before. You know, and I guess we've talked about it. But before the press conference, there's like, uh, like an assistant AD was in there and he's talking about the press conference. How long do you think it's going to go? And I had already calculated out like the average time of flex signing day press conferences. So I set the over under and told him what it was. And then he left. And I think he might have said something to PJ like house has got a over under on your press conference in here. So he comes walking in there and goes, get your timer out. So the over hit. So, you know, that clip, somebody's gonna take that clip, that last one out of there, you know, at the end where he's like, I think the over
1: hit. And there's gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be people using that. This this one is the only one that I cut. Don't worry, Daniel, I'm keeping the under. Mainly <laughs> mainly because he said that. That was at fifteen minutes in and the press conference, now granted it had questions wrapped up at just under an hour. So But I'm like I, there's I don't even know. Did he there's keep, no way he's going to hit it, and he didn't hit the under, right? He it was the he hit the over,
0: yeah. And and we I knew that coming in because I said there's some big fish here.
1: You got Koi, you got to
0: talk yep. about. You got to talk about Brosmer. Like I knew the over was going to hit, so I was feeling pretty confident about my pick. And it was weird because there are a couple years in there that were anomalies where he had shorter press conferences because he did stuff with us beforehand. So, we'll have to modify the line next year. House of Sportsbook is going to come out with a different line next year, different strategy to better understand what PJ might do on this signing day press conference.
1: Fun, witty, and deep analysis like that is available at <laughs> gophersguru.com. Again, Daniel House is at Daniel House MN. Formerly on the Twitter machine, now the X machine, Daniel House MN. You can find me at the Ross Brendel. Let's spend a little bit of time on recruiting, depending on who you talk to, depending on what metric you look at, and we can argue all day long about what it really means, especially in today's day and age. Top 40 recruiting class for P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers, it includes the top recruit, consensus top recruit in the state of Minnesota, consensus top recruit in the state of Wisconsin, that's nice, consensus top recruit in the state of North Dakota, and I believe even a top five recruit In the state of Illinois, you could tell by watching that yesterday. Now, whether they all stay for three, four, five years, who knows? But you can tell by watching that press conference, PJ is very happy about this recruiting class. He feels really good about it. Now, look, every year he's going to put on a good face because that's what you have to do. But I really feel like he is proud and very excited about this class.
0: Yeah, and just to be able to close the deal with the top recruit in the state, I mean, that was a pressure-packed deal up until the end. You got Ryan Day flying in on a plane into Esco late last week, trying to do one final pitch. And, you know, when that happens, you know that the head coach of Ohio State thinks he has a chance. So Minnesota being able to fend that off, the consistency of the, the recruiting that had occurred over time, the Gophers coming in, the earliest team to get in on Coy, the message never changed. The recruiting pitch was the same the whole way, and I think that ended up resonating true. Uh, in addition to Coy being able to get some mismatch pass catchers with some bigger, longer skill sets that you can kind of flex all over the place, that was kind of a takeaway. The trench players that they are able to add on the O-line and D-line, two really good offensive linemen, Nathan Roy from Wisconsin, Brett Carroll, from Kansas, who I think is an underrated player in the class overall. So Cali gets two really good offensive linemen to develop up. Riley Sunram, you mentioned top player in North Dakota, flashed at camp. I love what I saw from him. Gophers offered, he committed, and they were able to maintain those players for the most part, you know, only had two guys flip to other schools. So uh, the recruiting class overall uh, came together well, uh, especially being able to maintain coy until uh right up until the last minute there.
1: So I'm looking at the airports. It's uh a website called travelmath.com. I'm going to guess Ryan Day flew into Duluth. Do we know where he landed? What was Ryan I'm guessing Day's that's
0: probably tracker? I'm guessing that's probably where he landed.
1: Cuz you really can't land in Esco. There may be a municipal airport. I don't know. It doesn't appear that there is one. The closest ones appear to be Duluth, Hibbing, Brainerd, and that would be about it. So it had to be. Duluth. We're doing
0: flight tracking, advanced flight tracking right now. This is what we give you on this podcast. It's all,
1: it's all part of the recruiting trail. <laughs> I, I want to talk. I want to talk about the the three number ones. Again, consensus number ones, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin, and and Mm -hmm. even a heck, we believe a heck of a tight end out of Iowa. How, How important is that to continue to win? How much importance do you put on trying to win those recruiting battles here in the upper Midwest or at the end of the day, does it not really matter to you if you're still getting good players from around the country to Minnesota? How important is it? To you to win those battles close to home,
0: it can help you out significantly. Um, I would say talent is everywhere, but fit matters a ton. So if that player doesn't fit what you're looking for, you can certainly go to other places. But I was talking with somebody about this yesterday. Talent in the in the Midwest now, you know, you can find it everywhere, not just in the specific cities and you know the the suburbs but out in the greater areas of those states, because there's better access to resources, developmental tools, you can work virtually with top coaches, you can travel in and get the resources you need to take yourself to the next level as a player. So it's all about finding those potential underrated players that maybe aren't being recruited a ton, and then they get that late surge at the end, Uh, and more teams are coming in, finding the players that maybe had solid junior seasons that are gonna elevate up into very good seniors, uh, and getting in before all the hustle and bustle occurs. Uh, Talent is everywhere, but being able to get it in the Midwest is attractive because those players are close to their homes. So they're able to play uh, around family, uh, be in the big 10, that's a selling point as well. And I think with Nathan Roy, the big thing was the developmental track record of the offensive linemen. Same thing goes with Brett Carroll and uh, Brad Kelly had shown he can take uh, offensive line and develop them up and get them ready to play in the league. So that was an appeal. And with Coy, I mean, you got Howden, Newbin, and Winfield all in the NFL. Uh, Newbin soon, you know, that's, that's a big recruiting pitch.
1: Yeah. And PJ did talk about that, how much Coy values, and I don't want to say worships, but just really looks up to Antoine Winfield jr. So that, Obviously had to help one thing that I loved watching through PJ's presser. And look, he's always going to do this coaches all across the country. Do this. They talk about the connections with the family, sitting down with mom and dad, going to games with mom and dad, having dinners with mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, brothers and sisters. And PJ specifically talked about, you know, the Drake Lindsay family going to the state championship game, And sitting next to Drake's dad and talking strategy and his dad would say, what would you do here, coach? You know, in his Southern accent. But then PJ also tells the story every time he would see Drake's dad, he'd always be wearing an Arkansas shirt because he went to Arkansas. He was a (laughs) he was a Razorback. I believe the daughter plays basketball for Arkansas. And he he would say, well, coach, I'm a Razorback, you know, and and I I think where I want to give PJ some credit here, whether the Drake Lindsay thing works out or not, it says something about a guy, whether you believe it or not, that can go into Arkansas territory, can go in to the Southern part of the country and be able to convince a family and a kid. What's best for your future is up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's not in Fayetteville, Arkansas, It's not at this school in the SEC. It's up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I think that does speak to the connection that you build with players because I think a lot of people, if you really follow college football, you know the high school recruiting process is basically a two-year process. You start talking to these Mm -hmm. kids, they're sophomore and junior years, but a lot of us think, oh, it's just simple emails and phone calls and text messages. Mm. That's a part of it, but it's more than that. You really have to connect with a family, and in a weird way, probably overselling it, you become an extension of the family because the kid is going to spend a good chunk of his formative years with you. And I, I think it says something about being able to go down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and get a kid who by all accounts is very highly sought after and could play college football pretty much anywhere in the country and convince him to come to Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think that says something not only about P.J. Fleck, but about the entire recruitment and the staff.
0: Well, yeah, and that one was unique as well because Jim Lindsay, his grandpa, played for Bud Grant and the Vikings yes. back in the day. So Every they advantage had helps. There. Everything helps. Yeah, they had a tie there, and he enjoys watching the Vikings. He's apparently a big Vikings fan, so that was an appeal to come up here to Minneapolis, a place where there's some ties and, and legacy. So PJ talked about that, Bud Grant and Mike Grant, and their legacy continuing on uh, and impacting Gopher football recruiting all these years later. Uh, but, you know, Drake, I got to see him in person, um, which I think is valuable while evaluating quarterbacks. And I see a lot of potential in, in his game. Like the accuracy and anticipation is already there. Uh, You look at the numbers this year, 52 TDs, four interceptions, um, experienced player. I mean, you, you look at early in his career, suffers a torn patella tendon playing basketball. Misses sophomore year, comes back junior year, has a really good season. Senior year has a really good season. And then Arkansas high school player of the year, um, being able to fend off and get in early build a relationship with this guy huge credit to greg harbaugh and the staff there because arkansas comes in with you know bob petrino is trying to get drake to come play for the razorbacks and despite all the ties that you mentioned to arkansas and they're deep um minnesota was still able to secure drake who i think can be a really good quarterback in the future here the quarterback room is set up nice because you got one year Brosmer here Mogan Fife comes in. He's got two years, so he can work in lockstep with Drake Lindsay in 2025. So you got much more depth and experience in that quarterback room than you had last
1: year. So two quick quarterback questions. You can maybe answer them all in one. With Brosmer, Brosmer probably likely the leader in the clubhouse to start next year. I know he was told he's going to have to earn it, but I think conventional wisdom says he'll be the starter next year. Is it possible we're going to see three different quarterbacks in three years? And what I mean by that is Brosmer next year, perhaps the year after that, maybe you get one year of Fife and then you just get the rest of Lindsey playing out the quote unquote string on his eligibility, which could be three to four years at that point. Or is it truly going to be, which it probably should be, if Lindsey's ready after his red shirt year, he might actually be the uh, redshirt freshman starting quarterback two years from now. And then in addition, just as a follow-up, and I think I understood this and I think I've read this correctly. Is it possible or is, is Max Brosmer going to be dressed in essentially the backup quarterback in the quick lane bowl?
0: No, he's just there for the prep side Okay, of it. Okay. He's just traveling with the team. Uh, he, he was arriving yesterday, so yes. was Wednesday yep. signing day. He's on his way there. So he can get immersed in this thing, start to pick up the offense, get to know people. I believe that's really valuable. And it says a lot about him that he wants to get his boots on the ground, get this thing rolling, uh, and start establishing what the offseason is going to look like uh, and the, the schematic side of it, where he gets to start picking up the language that is Minnesota's offense. Like you said, there's a lot of similarities in the offensive structure with mid and inside zone rushing schemes uh under center play action stuff a lot of the core concepts that minnesota likes to run rpo he did some of that at new hampshire so that will help significantly in the process and you mentioned what does the the future of the quarterback room look like i think there's options which is a good thing because brosmer obviously going to be the starter this year uh projection and then fife and Lindsay you you, you keep developing Lindsay over the next year see what he's got I would bet on Lindsey probably, potentially. I mean, this is just a projection, being ready to rock and roll in 2025. But having Fife, who started six games, appeared in a lot of them, work with some good quarterback minds. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, uh, Ryan Grubb, Jeff Tedford, uh, that's attractive. Uh, the The minds that he's been around, I think that's valuable. He's got some play extension ability, some quarterback run component. So maybe you're able to install some of those packages for him as well. So quarterback room, um, I think, has options moving into the next three years, depending on the development of Lindsey, which I think is going to go
1: uh, quite well. Don't worry, Daniel, I'm keeping the under. How do we do? Did we hit the under on uh, on recruiting talk?
0: Oh, my gosh. That, you're going to use that one all the time. Aren't I'm going to
1: hold on. I'm going to hold on to that for a while. It was the way the way he looked at you, and I think he believed it. I think he actually believed he was going to hit the under, which is part of the brilliance of the uh, of the band. Uh, Don't worry, Daniel. I'm keeping the under. <laughs> okay. That's all I got on that. Uh, let's, let's switch gears just a little bit. I will tell you I have been – Fully entrenched in bowl season. I think we're eight bowls in right now. I think I've watched bits and pieces of all of them outside of the inaugural and last famous toastery bowl. Thought it was fun to see uh, Chad Pennington and Josh McCown's kid play in the uh, Frisco Bowl. A few nights ago, as we record this on Thursday, we got a bowl game tonight. We got a bowl game on Friday. I think we have six or seven on Saturday. Saturday is when the fun really begins. And then it's the sprint to the new year and the college football playoff. I'll say this as we approach the uh, quick lane bowl. Uh, I am probably more excited than I was a few weeks ago. If people recall, I was never on the, oh, the Gophers shouldn't go. What did they do to deserve a bowl game? Well, the reality was if the Gophers didn't go to the quick lane bowl, somebody else was going to go. I think it likely would have been Mississippi state. Again, we can argue all day long about whether having more practices actually makes a difference for next year My logic is why I don't understand how it can possibly hurt unless you have a catastrophic injury. So I'm all for going to the quick lane ball. If the Gophers lose, whatever. If they win, okay, that's probably a nice way to finish a season off that was a bit of a clunker and very disappointing. But you have to be happy for guys who are going to get a chance to play in this game and a chance to play more than perhaps that they would have because of opt-outs and transfers. And one of those is at the quarterback position. You can't not help but be happy for a Minnesota kid and Cole Kramer who grew up cheering for the University of Minnesota and will now lead them out for his quote unquote chance at one shining moment, taking on Bowling Green two o'clock December 6th in Detroit, Michigan, the Gophers attempt to become three time, three time quick lane bowl champions. Here's Cole Kramer on that game and the preparation.
0: Yeah, you know, after the Wisconsin game, I kind of had my mind made up that I was going to be done, Mm -hmm. Um, just with everything going on in my life, you know, getting married, having to plan that, and then, uh, you know, moving and, you know, finding a full-time job, There's a lot that goes into it, Um, you know, and the coaches were extremely supportive about that, and with that, um, they knew where I was coming from. Um, Obviously, there was some roster movement, and, uh, you know, got some calls, and, um, you know, that I would be the starting quarterback, and, uh, you know. As a kid that grew up in Minnesota, uh, you know, that was my dream ever since I was little. Um, So, you know, it was an obvious yes. And, um, you know, just can't wait to get out there with the guys I've been with the past four to five years, you know, um, and get an opportunity to play.
1: No real deep insight here, Daniel. And again, I don't really think the outcome matters other than once the ball's kicked off. I think you'd rather win the game than not. I feel like the Gophers are going to win this game. I I just think because being bigger, stronger, and faster, I think they'll come up with a game plan that works for Cole Kramer, probably not ask him to do a ton. He'll probably mix in the run game a little bit. I think the team, Cole Kramer, I think will run a bit. I think the team will rely heavily on the run game. I think they'll do enough in the passing game. I I expect even with the uh, departing Joe Rossi or the department, if that's the word of Joe Rossi, I, I think the Gopher defense... I don't know how good they'll be, but I think the matchup against a, a Mac offense will help. So I like the Gophers' chances to win this game for whatever that is worth.
0: Yeah, and I would say the, the big thing that I'm watching for in the game is Bowling Green's propensity to commit a lot of penalties. Averaging seven penalties per game, which is in the bottom of, of the country. Averaging 63 penalty yards per game. That's 15th worse than the FBS. Gophers that committed just three penalties per game on average and 28 penalty yards per game, which is third best in the FCS or FBS. So that's one of those things where uh, th- that penalty yardage can make a huge difference in the outcome of the game. I also think taking care of the football is a big factor, Bowling Green, second most takeaways in the FBS, fourth most interceptions. So PJ always says ball is the program. This is definitely going to be one of those games where it matters even more. Uh, being able to play and tackle well on the perimeter, limit yards after the catch. This is offense. that's predicated on getting the ball out space, uh, getting the ball to receivers moving away from the defense, perimeter screens, RPOs, power read, play fake type of stuff, uh, some gap schemes and counters along with uh, all the things that they want to do in the passing game. It creates challenges for your discipline and tackling fundamentals. On the other side, I think it's all about, uh, you know, One of those things where I watched Bowling Green play, you know, multiple occasionally with their front. They lost Jalen Husky uh, in the secondary, uh, cornerback that went to Maryland uh, in the portal recently. So keep an eye on the secondary. Uh, Minnesota should be able to run the ball in this game. Uh, Looking at the film, some of the things teams are able to do against them and the numbers. uh, This is one of those matchups where uh, Minnesota should be able to win the line of scrimmage. And we'll see how the game plan's built. I was saying this yesterday that it's hard to project these bowl games because you don't know who's going to play, who's opting out, uh, who's injured. You know, the portal stuff plays into it. So you almost have to look at team metrics. And then in those cases, there's times where, you know, you got a young guy in a spot and he makes a mistake and there's a big play. That's why I think uh, bowl game projections are hard this year, Ross. We mentioned that during the bowl show, but, uh, you just don't know what to expect. It's about learning experience. I think that's the, the takeaway. You're going to see a lot of young players on the field, and that's the point of the bowl game, get those guys some experience.
1: Well, it's also hard to project these games because even if you do look at who's opting out, who's transferring out and not playing, who's transferring out and still playing, how much are they really into the game? And then you factor in the human element. You know, <laughs> yeah. so, sometimes you have teams, cold-weather teams, or warm-weather teams going up to play in cold-weather bowl games. you know. So it's does that play a factor? Does a team really actually want to be there? You have to pay attention to that. So to me, that's kind of part of the beauty in watching these games. And then you watch games like the New Orleans Bowl, which, by the way, always seems to come down to a field goal in the final seconds. This year, Jacksonville State... "Quote unquote," backed in even though they earned their way into that bowl game, and they celebrated it like winning a college football playoff game. So the bowl games mean something different to everybody, which is a part of the reason why I enjoy them, and I'm just a college football junkie. So it's fun to watch. Housey PJ Flack is four and zero in bowl games at the University of Minnesota, has a chance to get to five and zero. Kirk Ferentz at Iowa is historically really good in bowl games, and even with the changing landscape of college football Kirk Ferrance has been really good in bowl games how aware is PJ of the 4 and 0 record and does does that really even matter to him when i know winning matters but does he does he really care does he even know that he's 4 and 0 with a chance to get to 5 and 0 in bowl games if he is to beat Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl on the 26th
0: He's brought it up and, and, you know, I look at it this way, you know, Fleck brought this up a while back that the bowl game technically in this landscape now marks the beginning of a new season. Like your regular season, when that ends, you have so much roster turnover going on that like the bowl game actually springboards you into the next season because it's developmental time for the young players. It's reps in the game for the young players. And you are kind of figuring out what you have and what you need and then bringing in, your transfers for spring ball. So, viewing it through that prism, I think it's a, it's interesting because bowl game in my eyes now that I heard that kind of marks the the beginning of the next season.
1: Who? Do you, um, oh, I'm sorry, Bud. Go ahead. So, I
0: think you know PJ always wants to start off uh, with a bang and win these bowl games because you know it's it's another thing to say in recruiting.
1: Well, and in theory, it should help carry momentum into recruiting and into spring practice, which is legitimately only, what, four months away. There'll be a spring game, we hope, open to the public at some point in early to mid-April. We won't <laughs> We won't go down that road, Daniel House. I am going to do something I so seldomly ask you to do. Uh, not necessarily a final score, but who do you think is going to win? you think the Gophers are going to win, or do you think Bowling Green will win?
0: I think Minnesota will win. Like I said, running game will be the difference in this one, uh, and I think that Minnesota will do – enough to be able to, you know, get things done in the passing game. I don't see a lot of quarterback run. Uh, you know, Cole Kramer could definitely do that, but do you really want to put him out there with limited quarterback depth doing that type of stuff? So I think just pounding the rock is going to be the recipe for success, taking care of the ball, limiting penalties at penalty disparity uh, is going to be uh, something to watch in this game. And then tackling, if if you can tackle well, You'll be in good shape. But i tell you what, if you don't tackle well, they will definitely exploit it. they got a pretty good tight end that uh, can make some plays. Slot receivers, pretty good. Uh, running back is dynamic. This Terry on Stewart guy. Tell you what, man, this this dude, keep an eye on him in the future. His numbers and metrics. When I was looking at potential portal players. I'm going, holy buckets, this guy's got some good numbers. So he was hurt at the end of the season. Not sure what he's going to do. He's going to play in the game. But uh, keep an eye on Terry on Stewart. But yeah, I think Minnesota probably wins in about a 24 to 10 type of game.
1: Don't forget Daniel House. You can find his work at GophersGuru.com. That's GophersGuru.com. On the X machine at Daniel House MN. I am on the X machine at the Ross Brendel. One quick hitter for you on the way out the door. I'm actually heading to uh, Willa Arena for the third time this year to watch the Gophers take on an also ran per ESPN tonight they'll take on Ball State who as a 13% chance at winning for whatever that means Ball State 8 and 3 Gophers 8 and 3 uh, Daniel I'm slightly encouraged because the Gophers have played 7 teams they should beat, they beat them all. They played 4 teams that I would say are comparable to better than the Gophers and they're 1 and 3 and should probably be 2 and 2 without the collapse against Missouri at Williams Arena. I'm encouraged by Go for basketball. I still don't know how much that translates to a lot of wins in the Big 10, but I thought the number for Ben Johnson to keep his job, he probably needed to win 6 or more Big 10 basketball games. He's at 1. I feel like the roster is functional enough to maybe find those 5 or 6 wins and it starts with the guard play. I've I've been encouraged Again, I don't really know what that means. This is the best team that he's had since he's been here, but honestly, how could it not be? So very quickly, what do you make of Ben's boys so far through 11 games as we record this pod? Yeah, Elijah
0: Hawkins, man. Being able to distribute the ball, uh, assist rates really high, Uh, being able to kind of be the catalyst. I I think he's eased into it uh, over the last, like, four or five games, finding stride, getting used to what Minnesota wants to do. Right now, they're shooting the ball wall, 56% effective field goal percentage, 20th in college basketball, uh, doing good things on defense with effective field goal percentage as well. Uh, I think that's going to be the key on the defensive end. There's just some lapses from time to time on that end of the court that I think they'll have to tune up. But when you look at I've been starting to watch uh, Big Ten basketball when I have time, going through watching teams uh, every night. And I feel like the conference might be down a little bit this year. So the the top tier, you know, Purdue and then, you know, it's kind of after that, uh, kind of a hard to guess how the conference is going to come together. So Minnesota could potentially steal a few games there because I think that you see some growth from a player like Joshua Joseph, who I think has made substantial strides, especially uh, shooting wise. Yeah. His shot uh, looks more comfortable.
1: His shot looks so much better, Daniel. And it didn't look bad last year, but it's just much better. It's a lot ref- more refined.
0: Yeah. And I, I uh, I'm hoping for the best for Braden Carrington. I'm glad he's stepping away to take some time for himself, but man, he's been, he was such a great defender. I thought he was doing a really good job on the defensive end of the court. So hopefully uh, he'll be able to come back soon here when he's ready, but uh, they they have more depth on this team to be able to you know bring some guys in off the bench. Parker Fox has given them a jolt occasionally. Uh, that's been the Achilles heel of this team in the past. I'd say is just the guard play, like you said last year, and then the bench not being deep enough to have some skill sets come in the game. Uh, Dawson Garcia doesn't sound like he's going to play tonight, uh, but he'll be back after this long break here. It's probably a good decision to put him on the shelf here and kind of let him heal.
1: Anything dropping between now and the mighty quick lane bowl that people need to know about at gophersguru.com. I know there's a lot on recruiting there right now. Oh, man.
0: Full game preview coming soon. Uh, Also, recruiting guide for 2024 is out there. It's like 4,000 words on the recruiting class. All the transfer breakdowns as well are out there. So $5 a month, gophersguru.com.
1: House, you are the best. Thank you so much for joining me pretty much all year long in 2023. And I know we'll do it again in 2024. Thank you, buddy. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you.
0: Happy holidays to you as well. Have a good uh, have a good uh, Christmas.
1: And that's Daniel House Gophersguru.com. And don't forget, as well, on the X Machine Daniel House MN. In closing, need to remind you, please support those that support Minnesota Sports Chat. That includes my friends at Beans Coffee Company. The website is coffeebybeans.com. Use the promo code SportsChat and you'll save at checkout. They ship for free on all orders of $35 or more. Some great small batch coffee. And if you're in Minnesota, it's made locally right here in Mankato. So why not support a Minnesota company? Coffeebybeans.com. Use the promo code SportsChat. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. Row the boat, sky you ma. go Gophers. We'll talk again real soon.